to our TNT Tuesday and Thursday morning devotional. My name is Mike. I'm our friends with Campus Pastor. I want to tell you, church family, I'm so excited and blessed to be hanging out with you guys this morning. My prayer, my hope is as I was thinking about y'all this morning is that you would leave inspired to just grow closer with God um, in a better relationship with Jesus Christ and to, you know what, find some hope. I think uh, hope is such a critical thing to find in these times and, and I'm praying that you walk away with some hope today. I also want to remind you, uh, if you're tuning in on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, we'd love to, uh, to see where you hear where you're from. Uh, put down if you're from Texas, Manville, Webster, Friendswood, just saying, um, or if you're from Alvin, or if you're from another part of the country. I love it. Every single week I get to see someone from the Philippines logging, and I think that is so, so cool. So let us know where you're tuning in from. Also, real quick, so I want to see here on Facebook Live, uh, I can see... Uh, uh, Jerry, I see you on there. Don Brock, you just tuned in. Good morning to you from Pasadena. That's pretty cool. And uh, hey, Robbie, I see you there from Friendswood. And uh, um, Sue Ann, I see you. Howdy. You're from Humble. How cool. You're so humble. That's neat. Um, and Lauren, where? I know you. Yeah. And hey, there you are. Jennifer from Rosenberg. How cool. And what about uh, Facebook or YouTube Live? Let me see. Uh, we've got some folks. Uh, Tabrin from uh, Alvin. Awesome. Welcome. Good morning. And Nolan. Uh, Kathy, oh, Nolan Everett, I see you there. Christy Horner and uh, Matt, I see you. Chris Richards and uh, Jennifer Kimball. Hey, saying hi to Patty Ned. Hey, Ed, uh, good to see you guys. Uh, you know, it's such a blessing seeing y'all's names there. I just want to tell you, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for sticking around. And if you are a first-time guest, if you're here for the very first time, we're so honored that you would join us for uh, these morning devotionals. And let us know. Put, put something down there that you're a first-time guest. And i just tell you this. We have a church family who loves to encourage and loves to just, you know, support one another. So I'm telling you, if you put down your first-time guest, you're going to get a lot of love from our church family. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have a prayer request, I'd love to hear. Uh, well, our church family would love to pray for you. Um, so feel free to write down a prayer request there, right in the lines on YouTube Live or Facebook Live. And uh, man, it would be such an honor for us to pray for you. We just have a really encouraging church, and I know they would love to be there for you. So today, if you've got your Bibles or your Bible app, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. And I know it's very possible that you've read through this passage, you know this passage, or maybe even memorize this passage. Because over the years, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 has begun a very popular passage. I mean, there's screensavers with this on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You often see people that they'll um, post these. Or maybe you've even bought a gift and it was written on there or something. Why? Because it's a verse, I think, that gives us two very encouraging things. Number one, it gives us hope. And number two, it gives us direction. And I'll tell you, man, I don't think there's a better time to find hope or direction and, and, than times like this. Can I get an amen, right? All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to talk about it as we go through. So um, if you've got your Bibles, your Bible app, we'll get started this morning. It says this in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I like it. Another translation says it like this. Uh, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. And, and so there's some real key words here in this passage. If you look at it, we have words like trust. We have words like heart. Lean not on your own. Well, okay, that's a phrase. <laughs> but understanding 
acknowledge and direct, you know. So uh, the thing is about this is this passage was written a long, long time ago, and it was written as a passage of wisdom to help prolong our lives, to make our lives better, but ultimately to help you walk closer with God. So what I would like for you to think about this morning, I've written down a series of questions or at least questions that I've been chewing on. I want you to think about a few questions as we go through this passage today. Number one, You don't have to answer it out loud, especially if someone's near you, but just think about these questions. How are you trusting God? I mean, what are you going through that you're trying to fight, that you're trying to control, that you're just like going, I need to figure out the answers. How are you trusting God? I want to encourage you today to, this may sound cheesy, but to let go and let God do what only he can do. Secondly, this is the second question I want you to ask yourself. Is there an area of your life where you're just trying so hard to figure things out? You've got a great plan and and you're just trying to get what you need. But you know what? I want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe you just need to have faith. I don't know what that means. That means different things for different people. So I want you to think about that. Third thing is where do you need God to give you direction today? What, what, What direction are you needing to take in your life? And you're praying, God, please give him direction. So let's just jump right into the scriptures. And it says this, verse uh, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I mean, think about this for a moment. You know, um, why would God tell us, hey, trust in me? Reality is this, because there would be moments where you and I would struggle to trust in God, to put our trust in him. So he wanted us to know, hey, you can trust me. But I love what he does. He doesn't just say, trust me. He says, trust me with your heart. Heart is such a critical part of who we are. In fact, this word, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And this word, and I'm totally going to mess it up, but it's the word love, not love, but love or lev, another translation will say in Hebrew. And it means that our heart is our inner man, our mind, our understanding, our conscious, the core of who we are. In fact, in the ancient world, people used to say that the heart was the seat of the emotions. And, and if you think about it, even physiologically, our heart is the central part of who we are. I mean, literally, you take our heart out and we're not alive, right? You die. Our heart pumps blood throughout the body. So the heart's a very critical part of who we are. It's our core. And so what does the Bible say when the Lord says this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, everything you have, not just your actions, not just how how you like to do things or because it's the right thing. But he says, do it because I want all of who you are. Our heart is so critical. It's why verses like Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I believe another translation says, because it's the wellsprings of life. And I know that verse so well because when I was a college pastor, I remember I would have kids come to me all the time and say, Pastor Mike, this guy or this girl broke my heart. And I'd always tell them this verse. And I'd tell them, listen, God only gave you one heart. You got to guard your heart because you never know how someone's going to return it. It's all you got. So it's important. Take care of your heart. And the truth is, is our heart is so critical. In fact, it, it exposes who we are, especially in times of trouble. You know, Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says it like this. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So it, it's like looking in, in the mirror, right? I've been noticing since I've turned 25 
that uh, every time I look in the mirror, there's more gray hairs. And if I don't shave my head on the side, I see even more gray hairs. Um, I notice that my hands, there's some weird thing happening to my hands. And, and there's parts of me that are coming that I didn't even know were there. But that's part of what a mirror does. It reflects the outer man. It, it tells you, hey, you're getting older. Or, hey, you're pretty handsome. Or, hey, you're a pretty person. Whatever. The, the mirror does that. But... The second part of Proverbs 27, 19 says, our life, what we do, how we live, reflects our heart. You know, there's a great story in the Bible about a guy named ben- Benaniah. Uh, he lists, he's listed as one of David's great uh, uh, mighty men. And, and, and I believe there's about 30 of them listed there. Don't catch me wrong. I could be wrong about that. And if you've ever seen these lists of men, these are seriously crazy ninja warriors. Not like the kind on TV, not those kind, but they're really crazy warriors. They're amazing. They've done some incredible things. There's incredible stories about strength and power and courage. And, and Benaiah's story is no different. In fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 20 to 23, if you want to go there, um, it actually gives us a picture of his resume. And, and I'll tell you, just in the short, he takes out two of Moab's mightiest warriors. And if you know anything about the Moabites, they were just, they were instructed in the art of war. They knew how to fight, whether you were a kid, a wife, or a man, everybody could fight. <clears throat> takes out two of them. Then he takes out a giant Egyptian warrior. The dude's spear is as big as his body. I mean, so it's a big guy. Benaiah takes him out with a club, seriously, a stick. He beats him with the stick and takes the spear from him and whoops the guy with his own spear. But the one thing that really stands out to me about Benaiah's story is this one line. It says this, he also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like, this guy is the boss to me. I am so amazed with Benaiah. And then I'm thinking, he went down to a pit on a snowy day and killed the lion. He's not just the boss. He's crazy. I mean, a lion weighs about 500 pounds, runs about 35 miles per hour, and can leap about 30 feet. I mean, what was this guy thinking? What kind of guy was Benaiah that he was willing to do whatever it took to get the job done? I wonder if that morning he woke up and he got out of bed and said, hey, today I'm going to go into a snowy pit and kill a lion. Last time I checked, lions chase people. People don't chase lions. Normal people don't chase lions. But before you go judging Benaiah, let me tell you a little bit about him, his background. This guy came from generations of leaders, strong leaders. In fact, his dad was a priest the ones who ushered King David in as king or who, pre, who became king. And the Bible tells us that even his grandfather is listed as a valiant man, a man of courage. So what I'm trying to tell you is behind Benaiah's great courage and faith in God were generations of men who trusted God as well. And they were courageous because they loved and were obedient to their heavenly father. Benaiah knew how to be a great man of courage because it had been demonstrated to him. He saw what it took to be a man of, uh, of God. And I want to pose this question to you today. What decisions are you making today, this week, or even this month that are going to encourage and inspire the people who are coming after you that you have influence over to be more courageous and obedient to our Heavenly Father? This is one of my life's ambitions. It's honestly one of the reasons I get up and I, and I go to work. It's why I get up and do stuff because I want one day for my children 
to be able to see my life and to say, and to be inspired and influenced to follow Jesus, to be obedient to him. So I work my hardest to lean on God in all that I do, to put my trust in him and to be honest and to say, I'm sorry. Often as a leader, I think that's one of the things that we forget to do. I want to demonstrate to my children what it looks like to live a life dedicated for God and to God. And my prayer, my hope is that one day that they'll see that. And the truth is this, you may have come from a family, maybe your mom or your dad or, or your uncles or your aunts or your, or your brothers and sisters never ever showed you how to be a dedicated person to God. And maybe that's your case. Well, guess what? You have the opportunity to put all your trust in the Lord, to trust him with all your heart and to change generations. Even if you came from an alcoholic family, a drug addicted family, a family who did bad things or a family who had a bad name. Now it's your opportunity, church family, to change your path, to change your destiny. Whatever your situation may be, it's time to see it as a God-sized opportunity. In fact, in Mark Patterson's book, it's called in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. So by the way, a little bit of Benaiah story that I'm giving you, you can go much deeper with this book. Uh, it's a really cool story. If you like reading, it's great. But this is what Mark Patterson says about Benaiah in this situation. God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time. A sense of destiny is our birthright as followers of Christ. God is awfully good at getting us where he wants to go but here's the catch. The right place often seems like the wrong place. And the right time often seems like the wrong time. I'm going to read that one more time. The right place often seems like the wrong place. And the right time often seems like the wrong time. Truth of the matter is, is God calls us out into the unknown. God calls us into difficult places because it's in those difficult places that we learn to trust in him, to lean on him, right? Remember, that's what the proverb says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't do it the way you think you should. It doesn't mean you can't have a plan, but you got to trust him. And I love this next part In all your ways submit or acknowledge him, right? In all your ways and everything you have, remember it's all from him anyway. And that's what Benaiah did is he leaned on his heavenly father. And I think at some point in our lives, we need to just trust God and, and stop trying to figure things out. I don't mean don't have a plan. I don't mean don't be prepared. Do all those things. But the truth is this. God-given opportunities often come disguised as man-eating lions. And how you react when we encounter those lions will determine your destiny. You can cower in fear and run away from your greatest challenges, or you can chase your God-ordained destiny by seizing the God-ordained opportunity. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if you think about it, God gives us that opportunity, that chance. So recently, we were given the chance, my wife and I, to... Um, I don't know, I say uh, 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 to, uh, to chase a lion, uh, some sorts, not in gloves, you had to wear masks, people didn't want you coming at certain times, people didn't want you, it was like, it was like you had to wear a whole bodysuit really, and it was just crazy, people were lowballing because they were just trying to take advantage of the situation, they were making these weird offers, and, 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 and so finally after about 40 plus days, we sold our house, and we had the most wonderful realtor, Linda, and uh, 
fact, Linda was so kind and sweet to us. Uh, I actually had the opportunity years ago, right on Prayer Mountain, to marry Linda and Joel. And man, I love those guys so much. But I know she was tired of us. She was like, I'm ready to let them go. And, and so she she helped us get through the process. And, 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 and then on top of it, we were trying to move into Friendswood. If you don't know, I'm the Friendswood campus pastor. So I'm like, it's time we just move into Friendswood. And so we were making multiple offers on different homes. Every single offer kept falling through. In fact, some people said, we don't even want to work with you. I don't know what it was. Did they know my wife had cats? I'm not sure. But the thing is, is, is finally, finally, I think it was 30, about 30 days in uh, before our house was, would be sold and we had to move out. We got a uh, contract on a home. It was awesome and we were excited. And then came the inspection report. Oh, man. The inspection report. And I know some people are, are like, yep, yep, this is, man, it was just horrible. So we literally that day let go of the house. But the very same day, praise Jesus, this little house that was so perfect and just done so well and had so much character. And we were so excited, turned up. And there were multiple offers on this home. And one day, and you know what? They accepted our offer. Praise God. We were so excited and we were so honestly just relieved. And, and so now we're about a week and a half before closing and they do the appraisal. And guess what? The appraisal comes back and it's just bad. It is so bad. The appraisal, you know, it turns out that there's like 300 square foot less in the house. We didn't even know. And the owner, poor owners didn't know it either. It felt so bad for them. They were stunned and the deal just fell through. It was thousands and thousands of dollars over appraised. And, and, and so now we're looking at like a few days before we're about to be homeless. I'm telling you people, man, I, and, and I don't know what to do. So we're looking for an apartment because we need a six month lease. And then we're looking for a rent house. Nobody, I, I got we have a German shepherd. We have two fat cats, two crazy children. My beautiful wife's the easy one, of course, and me. And, and it's like, nobody's going to take us. What, what, you know, what are we going to do? And, and finally, we just decided we were going to move into an apartment we didn't want to move into. That was the plan. And, and literally, that Saturday, before the Tuesday, when we closed on our house, we're signing on an apartment. And honestly, we just didn't want to be there. And I didn't even know if our stuff would even fit in this apartment. And right there, as my wife and I are signing papers or filling out forms, my wife gets a text from one of her old students. She's a teacher um, from, her, from a parent. And it says, hey, we have a rent house for you in the country. And it's on like three quarters of an acre, an acre. I don't know what it is. And, and, but it's a pretty substantial size. And no joke. Right there, we tear up the papers, we call her, we find a house, we're in the house. Praise God. That's what we've been doing all week long is moving into the house. There's a lot of boxes still. But it's wild because the reality is this, in all that craziness and all that planning and all that preparation, you know, we didn't really lean on God like we should have. But at the end of the day, when we surrendered our will to his, he directed our paths. He made it straight. And the truth is all along, God wasn't surprised by the chaos that we were about to go through. Our job was simply to have faith, to trust in him to lean on him. And you know, I think what happens sometimes is it's like C.S. Lewis says, he says, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not because I can see it, but because I see everything else is we forget that all around us, God is doing a miraculous work in your life today. I believe this 100% that God is doing a miraculous work, but we have to stop to see 
when that accident didn't happen and you're like, oh, I got lucky or that payment you paid late and there was no late fee. Oh, I got to, you know, you know what I mean? We have to see that God is at work in our lives and he's asking us to trust in him. That's why Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us, hey, let's say this together. If you have your Bible this morning, let's read it together one last time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. My prayer for you today is that you don't see your current circumstances simply as a trial or chaos, but instead as an opportunity to trust in our heavenly father with all your heart and that you would learn to lean on him and to acknowledge him and allow him to guide you in all you do. Hey, church family, love you guys, praying for you. And you know, I miss you dearly. I can't wait till we can get back together and, and worship together and, and, and just meet with God. You're so special to us. We want you to know that and, and um, praying for you. And I'd like to invite you to pray with me one last time before um, we dismiss. Jesus, Thank you, thank you, thank you for my church family. I pray that you would bless them, God, and that, Lord, we would all learn to lean on you more, that you would forgive us when we've made mistakes, Jesus. And I pray that you would be brighter and louder than anything else we hear in all the chaos in our lives. And, God, that we would lean on you, trust you, and that you would direct our path, that you would make it straight. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace. God bless you, church family. Till next time.